All right, guys, what's up? On this week's episode of CS101, we actually have a special guest interview with Serena De Jesus. She recently just signed to Invicta FC, and it was our first ever Skype interview. So I want to apologize if there's any random noises in the background and all that stuff. It's the first time. Uh, we'll work on it, get better on it. But she is an amazing fighter, amazing person. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the interview. We also broke down UFC Vancouver, also went over UFC Mexico, as well as some Lion fights, Bellator fights, a a everything. Aldo Wallen versus Tyson Fury, anything that you guys can think of, we broke down after the interview. But hopefully, you guys enjoy. I do, because I'm not the greatest at questions. So. But I do, I do have something <laughs> better for both of you here in a little bit. So we're just going to go ahead and get it kicked off right now. Uh, thank you, first of all, first of all, so much, uh, Serena, for coming on our show. Serena DeJesus, Southpaw, Serena Southpaw, as she's known in the fight world. Um, we have, in fact, this is a, this is a groundbreaking moment, I think. It is. Think. Oh, yeah, it is. We have the first professional fighter signed to a major organization with autism. Isn't that right, Serena? I'm the first professional female fighter with autism. There is another fighter with autism. Uh, he's a dude. Um, that's uh, John Doomsday Howard. He wasn't diagnosed until oh. he was 37. Okay, we know Doomsday, absolutely. Former UFC fighter out of Massachusetts. You now fights in uh, PFL. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Wow, no, I did not know that. So that's very cool. You just, uh, taught, you just taught me something today. Yeah, really? <laughs> I think it's going to teach us a lot of things. Right. Um, so, Sweet, we kind of just wanted to jump off, uh, kind of get the backstory. So, where did, uh, where did, you, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I actually lived there until about maybe five years ago. Okay. Um, basically, my first jiu-jitsu tournaments turned to Muay Thai fights, and then I couldn't find any more Muay Thai fights, so I had a blue uh, belt in BJJ and decided just to go into MMA because it's originally why I wanted to start training. I loved mixed martial arts, and I needed something to do after high school ended. Sure. So um, I had fights in Philadelphia, and after I won my first one, um, I was I discovered Syndicate MMA because my best friend um, was a fan of Roxanne Mataferi trained out of there. So I basically have my fight camps and my fight out west and go back home because there's really nobody else back east in the area for me to fight. And over time, I just fell in love with Syndicate, especially after traveling the country and seeing what certain gyms were like. And I just decided to stay at Syndicate. Awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I know. I know. Gosh, Philadelphia has such a rich tradition of yeah. fighting. But mostly boxing, you know. So the uh, so I'm sure that the the best competition you could find or the best training you could find was out west for you, henceforth uh, mm -hmm. the syndicate. Yeah. So I mean, at one point in my life, in my amateur career, I kind of had like a cross country odyssey of sorts. Right. Um, after my third amateur bout, it was I was fighting um, a woman named uh, Bridget Nielsen. She was deaf, and I didn't know until like probably two days before the bout. So, you know, I fought her, but then after that, Misha Tate, who's um, friends with Roxy, took me up for a victory dinner. And I'm a 3 0 little Annie. This is the girl who's about ready possibly to fight for a title. And I'm just like, how can I pay back this one? So I just blurted out, like, hey, if you fight, me, if you fight Holly Hall, let me know. I'll, I'd be willing to come down and help. Well, and behold, months later, she invites me to train out there for a week while she's getting ready to fight Holly Hall because she's grabbing all the softball strikers she can, myself included. Right. And then after I was done with her, um, Andrea KGB Lee, who was fighting an Invicta against Sarah DeAlio at the time, invited me down to Shreveport, Louisiana to be part of her fight camp. I'm big girls, and I fit the bill. So I was out there with her for three weeks. And then, um, yeah, I came back to Syndicate because Roxy was fighting on that same Invicta card she was, and I just decided to stay from there. 
Yeah, that sounds like a yeah, that sounds like a great decision that you made. I know the uh, I mean, come on, Vegas is the mecca of all fighting. You've got the best of the best training partners yeah. out there to, to work with, uh, kind of condensed into one area. So, uh, so what we wanted to kind of talk about, you and I messaged a little bit, Serena, on Twitter. Um, I think I told you before, I'm a professional boxer myself. Uh, Jeff is an amateur uh, amateur kickboxer. Um, I work in <laughs> I work in the field of working with, with students with autism, with kids with uh, cognitive you know cognitive impairments and emotional impairments. Um, my mom for 20 plus years was a uh, was a social worker for families with children with autism. So I've kind of been around it my entire life. Um, I'm, I'm significantly older than you. I'm 40, so um, it wasn't really prevalent when I was a kid. You know, we didn't we didn't hear much about autism. We didn't know much about it at the time. Uh, when did you kind of learn that you? Uh, when, when did you get your diagnosis of autism? I got my diagnosis at 13, but ever since I was a kid, um, you know, parents that my parents and um, professionals thought there was something a little off with me. So um, I. I'm a child of the 90s. Everybody at first thought it was ADHD. I mean, it was in the water, it was in the oh, yeah. food, it was in the air, it was everywhere. So for since I was four, they put me on medicine. They put me on Ritalin at age four. It wasn't my parents' fault. I don't blame my parents. It's Back then, it was just like doctors are getting kickbacks from putting kids on medicine. So I went from that, and they kept constantly re-diagnosing me and changing up my medicines. And it landed me in unsavory places like psych facilities, residential treatment facilities, and it wasn't until I was in one residential treatment facility, um, a psychologist there um, was like, why is she on all these medicines? Take her off all these. I want to observe her for a week because I'm like building Legos all by myself while everyone else wanted to go play outside, um, playing card games and stuff. And they're like, she's not, you know, from all my behaviors and just how I would read all the time, it's like, she's not any of this. You know, she's autistic. And this is early 2000s. Everyone's like, what's autism? Yeah. And then when my psychologist broke it down to my family and everyone around, like, God damn, that makes so much sense. Just for yeah. my milestones and everything growing up, like I was reading at college level, but by fourth grade, but like if it wasn't happy, angry or sad at the time, it would just completely fly over my head. I mean, I felt emotions, and everything contrary to the stereotypes. Like sure. I saw a box as a little girl that looks sad. I'd start crying like the box looks sad. Like things <laughs> right. like that. You know, so when I was diagnosed, um, I started, you know, social training, I had a case manager who I had up until I was 20, um, I'm 27 now. Um, and we worked on, you know, social cues, you know, emotions and stuff like that, like what they mean, you know, because I'm the one thing about me is I'm always willing to learn something, even if it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, under my parents' guidance and my social workers' guidance and, you know, having, you know, I had... Um, occupational therapy in school because my motor skills were shit at the time too. Like I would toe walk. I still kind of toe walk, but now toe walking serves a good purpose, you know, because fighting kind of got to be on your toes all the time. <laughs> and um, you know, I would I have a have a gait and everything again, which kind of played into the motor skills. And I would trip over my feet as a kid. Now I'm doing the most complex movements, you know, in the world as a fighter. So it's kind of cool. Um, and believe it or not, you know. NIH released a study that, you know, MMA training actually helps with executive function with the brains of autistic individuals. And my mom said that fighting technically falls into integrative uh, movement therapy, which is a big thing for autists as well. So overall, this has been great for me. Yeah, that's the way. What, what a fantastic way. I know that probably wasn't why you set out 
to do it, it's just kind of a happy byproduct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I... I grew up watching UFC with my dad. Like, um, my thing is, every time I aced my spelling tests as a kid, like, on Friday nights, me and my dad would go out to the video store. I'd get my anime, because I was big into anime and video games as a kid. St I still am. I'm just basically a kid with a drinks license. <laughs> but, um, yeah, then I came downstairs, and I saw my dad watching um, Gary Goodrich um, crucifix, um, what was it? I forget his last name. I just basically yeah. elbowed the shit of this dude to death. And I'm like, this looked like something out of Tekken for me. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. <laughs> and so I just kept watching it. My dad just, you know, because I've been a top boy. My dad's like, you know, likes how I'm very enthusiastic about trying athletics and, you know, watching fights and stuff. He's like, oh, my God. So that was a little daddy-daughter bombing time watching fights. So now that I'm fighting, my dad, who's been a nurse literally as long as I've been alive, is like... I, get, I love watching my little girl beat other girls up. <laughs> and my mom's like, if I lose, she's going to beat my opponent with a steel chair. And I'm like, oh, shit. So that's big motivation to try and win my fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did, uh, and I, you know, I was going to ask this a little bit later, but you already kind of mentioned it, so I want to get, and I want to involve the essence in this. Um, I, I don't know much about anime. That kind of was a different uh, time for me. But Jeff, the essence here, is a big yes. anime guy. What are some of your anime things and that Jeff maybe you two can riff off of that for a little bit. So some of the favorite animes I have right now of all time, if we're counting movies, the original Ghost in the Shell, because I'm very big into philosophy as well. And that played on a lot like dualism and you know self-identity and all sorts of stuff like that. Um currently right now I'm watching My Hero Academia. I'm rewatching it, getting ready for the third season to come out because Honestly, I find a lot of relation between me and the main character because the premise of My Hair Academia is like there's a world where 80% of people have like a superpower or a quirk that they yeah. use and there's a school to become heroes. So there's this one kid who didn't have a superpower and just is in all of these superheroes and then over time gets a superpower himself and goes to a school to learn how to use his powers. So. I didn't imagine I'd be a fighter as a, as a, you know, growing up because of my motor skills and everything. Like I was in all of the fighters I was watching, but now I am a fighter. I'm professional now and I'm getting, I'm just fighting people. I'm training at one of the best schools ever. So sure. I find a lot of parallels between me and the I was main character. Exactly. Like, a lot of yeah. between those two. Oh yeah. No, that's, so, yeah. I really love that anime. <laughs> I, I know the feeling that's a, uh... And well, when I, because I'm a 90s kid too, I'll be 25 actually in 10 days. Um, Yay! I, I know that, <laughs> that quarter century mark. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, no, Drag, Dragon Ball was obviously the main one as a kid for me. Just mm -hmm. like, just like, like I was telling him, it's like it's the same concept for each episode, but it's like the guy yeah. has proved that he's the best, and if he's not, he wants to train to be the best. And I was exactly. like, that, that always resonated with me, and like that, like uh, Full Metal Alchemist is one of my favorite ones. Oh, yeah, that was good. And oh, we can't forget Sailor Moon. I no, love Sailor, Sailor Moon. Thursday. Like, so, I came into my um, last week's training with um, my sleeveless Sailor Moon shirt on, and everyone's like, what? I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't worry about your business. Right? It's, it's don't like, worry about it. <laughs> you don't know what this smoke is, you're about to find out. So. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so, Serena, we, we know about the, the congratulations, again, on signing with Invicta. Uh, for Thank those of you, are very, absolutely. Um, the, the the thing with Invicta that maybe some of our listeners may or may not know is it is actually owned by the UFC, correct? And correct. So, uh, so now you are at a platform where if you do as well as we both think you're going to, and I'm sure all of your fans do, there will be 
that possibility of getting into the UFC at some point. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So with with that, I know, and I read a I read an article in, in researching for this interview that uh, some of the triggers that you have are are the, the bright lights and the loud sounds. Um, have you been able to find anything that has been able to possibly assage the the responses you have to those to those triggers? Well, I'm I'm, very, I'm a creature of habit. Um, I do a lot of things in the back, but that kind of calm me down, just get me kind of ready. Um, I also, also when you're worrying about someone trying to take your head off, I mean, the adrenaline kicks in, you kind of <laughs> tend to just zero in on, oh shit, there's a person in front of me trying to do this bullshit. Okay. And I also am a very big user of CBD. Um, it's lessened my sensory issues all around. Um, and it's been great cause I didn't discover it till like maybe three years ago. And cause at first I was skeptical. I'm like, all right. But at this point I was just like, I'll give anything a go. I mean, it's not doesn't have THC, so I won't be tripping. I won't fail a drug test. So gave it a shot, and it worked. It really helped me. Like, I didn't get any, you know, I haven't had meltdowns in a while. Um, helps, you know, my sensors, so I don't jump around as much. Um, kind of gets rid of the fog, the fog in my head a little bit. So it's been really great for me. So. That's fantastic. I, again, I'm really glad that it's not uh, on the band list. As anybody who may not have known who saw Nate Diaz in his pre-fight, uh, workout. It's awesome. <laughs> so you're right on the stage out in front of everybody to see. So yeah, CBD, for those of you who don't know, is not illegal uh, for competition. So that's fantastic that you're able to use that. It's had that, had that effect for you. Um, you know, so you are in this new organization. I mean, have you been watching Invicta for a while? You're familiar with some of the fighters? Yes. Um, I watched Invicta since its first um, since first show when you know everybody tried to tune in the server crashed when they were doing it online right. and um yeah and then i saw my friend uh roxanne Montefiore go through it um you know and then get signed to the ufc from invicta herself you know because she's honestly like my sister from another mister she finds that term weird but it's true you know so, I mean, I'm basically her angrier alter ego. She likes to grapple and be all calm and not curse or drink. I'm cursing and drinking while hitting somebody in the face. So, <laughs> balance. We all have to have that balance. It's, it's the yin to the yang. We are very much the same between the two of us. It's, it's, he's small, I'm very big. We have, we have different personalities, but it just works. So, basically, um, another thing I wanted to talk to you about is... Uh, is that, so you do know some of the girls in your division that you're, that you're going to be coming up with. Um, was there anybody in particular that you see yourself getting in there with early, or is there someone you see yourself uh, colliding with down the line? Are there, is there a girl or two uh, or a fighter that you're looking to maybe mix it up with early on in the Invicta? Um, I just basically fight whoever they throw at me, but there is one girl who I've been trying to fight because twice we were slated to fight before. Once is in the Amis in uh, Fusion Fight League, and then I was supposed to fight her in Fusion Fight League for my pro debut. But um, something happened, or she was getting ready for a marathon, because goddamn, that's a lot of running she's doing. <laughs> uh, uh, Lisa Verosa, or her, her last name used to be Spangler, but she got married recently, so I will give her props on that. Congratulations on getting married. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, slight, slight, I was supposed to fight her twice, it just fell through. So I'm like, I know that something happened, so I I envision that I'm going to collide with her down the line. Um, she fought a friend of mine when they're both still amateurs, uh, um, Jessica Borga, who just came off a, a first-round submission win over Amber Brown and Bellator. And I'm just like, what, what, what happened? I was supposed so I know that eventually that's going to happen, 
and I'm looking forward to that doc because she's a talented girl. I know that um, Jillian Knoll has her sights set up for me, but um, the first time I met her, she came in overweight at eight pounds, so I would like her to beat the scale first before she comes trying to think about beating me. Um, yeah, just do your job. That's I'm very big. If you see my other interviews, I'm very big on people doing their job weighing in. Like I kind of have that Derek Lewis mentality. I'm not eating ice cream or having all the drinks and stuff I want. And it's your fucking fault. So if you come over, okay, I'm going to be really upset. Yep. So as I said in another, as, as I said in another broadcast, um, no respect for these hoes who don't make weight. So I remember I'm you saying that about Satora Eubanks. I Eubank keep that same energy. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that about Satora Eubanks when she made some of her experiences. Yeah. I actually remember seeing that interview. I don't remember where it was, but I for sure saw your interview, and you were pulling no punches, and we loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. I mean, if you can't fit that weight class, go the fuck up. Well, there's, I'll say there's no, there's no reason to kill your thyroids, to kill your body, just to have a small, have an advantage over a smaller fighter because you ain't shit in your normal weight class. Right. It's actually funny. Me and the me and the Rhino discussed that a lot, especially um, at like the professional standpoint of it too. Like so, like an Invicta, Bellator, UFC. It's like it's your nine to five almost. It's like your job mm-hmm. is to make weight, and it's like yeah, these people exactly. come. In, 20 pounds over like two days it's like how are you that much over then you have a whole three months to train for this like it's one of those things where like you wonder in your head why it always happens but it's inevitable almost that it's just going to keep happening until people get more intelligent about it i feel or like. until they or until they sort out some sort of hydration um, test well not just yeah. that, some sort of taking a point away you know so, so yeah like like roxy was talking about they do that in japan mm-hmm. like um right. if you come in overweight they take a point away or if the fight overweight fighter wins, it becomes a no contest. But if the other fighter who made weight wins, it's a win on their record. So, so yeah, I would be all for that because here's the only exception to this rule I have is people who are coming in for a short nervous bout. I can, yeah. you know, maybe if they're a pound or two or, you know, depending on how short notice, I can live with that. But if you, this fight has been slated for a while and you know this, you have to make weight. I don't yep. care if it's, you know, that time of the month. I don't care if this, that, and the other. If you can't make the weight, then call your opponent's team or something or tell the promotion, like, yo, I'm having weight struggles. So at least your opponent isn't suffering more than they have to. Yeah, right. see if you guys can get, like, a catch bout or something like that. Like, exactly. Because uh, well, it happened last night, actually, with uh, Michael Pereira, that flashy guy that the UFC signed. Yeah, the Brazilian guy with the... Man. Yeah, like the, guy, the guy who looked like you're mashing all the buttons on your controller playing Tekken or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, yeah, Eddie Guano, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll say he missed weight. Uh, four pounds, I believe. Four pounds, over. and his guy came in a week notice, beat him, took 20% of his purse, and took all $100,000 of the bonus. Like... So that guy, that guy made out pretty, pretty nice last night. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got no problem with there being a, uh, some sort of accountability, you know, some sort of repercussion if you don't make weight. We think that would really curtail a lot of the guys who are consistently. I mean, doing it once, I can kind of see. Maybe you're new, maybe you haven't done the wake up before. Yeah. There's a problem. I can see that. But people who are habitual, that's where we have the problem with, and I'm sure you do as well, clearly. Yeah, it's just like do your fucking job. It's not a hard thing. I mean... If you're a pro, you have nutritionists, you have strength and condition coach, you have a wealth of, of knowledge you can have to help make your weight. So it's just like, do it. <laughs> There's no other option, just fucking do it. Right. And uh, it is okay to swear on here, Serena, so you're not going to worry about any bleeps or anything else. You yes. are. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I cuss like a motherfucker. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty bad. So. <laughs> 
you are you are amongst your friends right now. Um, <laughs> I don't have to worry about Roxy being like Captain America, going like language. It's just like no. <laughs> CS one hundred one. We want you to be free to be yourself. Exactly. So we have a uh, we have just a couple we have just a couple more questions here. We're gonna do some uh, some kind of rapid fire stuff with you, just for the fans and ourselves too, uh, just to kind of right. get oh yeah, you know. So um, so what is Serena Southpaw's most favorite food to eat during fight camp? And then what's her favorite thing to eat after she's made weight? Um, favorite thing to eat during fight camp is seared tuna, so I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, what I like to eat, as soon as I get off the scales, I like to have pho, the uh, Vietnamese soup, because oh, yeah, it's, it's just, I, I've eaten it since I was five years old, so now we have everyone discovering, oh my god, Sriracha's life, I'm like, what? <laughs> I've known this for like how long in my life, and y'all are now just catching up on this? This is where I can I can appropriately be a hipster, like, oh, I already knew about this, you guys are so late for that trend. <laughs> Yeah, dude, when they use top round on that beef and as soon as that broth hits it and it cooks, it's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. So, um, uh, Serena, if you are on a deserted island and there is a iPod on this island, you get one artist to fill the iPod, music of any genre, any kind. What musical artist are you putting on that iPod? From the Jewels. Ooh. Wow, Ooh, that's what a Jeff means. Yeah, that's a good one. He, that's un, that's an underrated artist too, right there. I tell you. Yeah, LP and Killer Mike are underrated as hell. <laughs> yeah, my my buddy Tyler showed me them. It was it would have been a couple of years ago, and I remember I was like, why have I never heard these guys? He's like, dude, because no one no one knows them. And I was like, well, Serena's softball knows them. I am anxiously awaiting Run the Jewels for like they're teasing. I'm just like, release it already. <laughs> it's been years. Uh, we got one last one for you. So um, everybody knows that you and, and Roxanne are super duper, super duper tight friends. You guys have, uh, you, guys, you guys are always kind of making, doing funny pictures, wearing different outfits at the gym, and you guys are training partners, which is awesome. So um, did you guys meet out west? Did you guys meet out in uh, Las Vegas, or did you know each other prior to? How did you and Roxanne meet and become uh, such good friends? So I was a fan, and... I normally would do something called a traincation. Um, 2013, I went to Thailand and trained for a month because I was still in my Muay Thai um, days. Wow. And 2014, there were riots. And I'm like, I'm not going halfway across the world to be dealing with that bullshit. Sure. So I was a fan of Roxy at the point. So I, I was nervous as hell, but I shot her. I was like, yo, can I please come train with you at your gym at Syndicate since you are back here in the States? Okay, thanks. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. And I'm like, oh, cool. And... I'm like, I booked the tickets, I'm like, I'll see you in two months. And she's like, oh, you're coming. So everybody <laughs> asked to train with her, but no one ever shows up. I was the first person to ask to train with her and show up. Wow. And we just kicked it off from our love of fighting and our love of anime and everything. We just became just super tight best friends. And I just kept coming back, kept training with her. We kept in contact when I was back in Philadelphia. And yeah. To this day. <laughs> the backstory of how that friendship was developed. That's fantastic. Um, so, Sharita, again, the, the, the overriding narrative, I think, is, is that, yes, it's amazing that someone uh, with, with ASD has made this incredible leap from, um, you know, just training as, a, as an MMA fighter to becoming the, the first professional female with an actual diagnosis of autism to a major organization. I mean, this is, this is big, monumental uh pioneering stuff so we are i mean we are beyond the moon and thanking you for coming on our show with us 
Uh, we absolutely loved it. We, we think the story is going to kind of catch, and a lot of people are going to start to learn about it. I'm going to show my kids who are, you know, our, our ASD program, hey, look, sky's the limit. Look at, look at our friend Serena right here. And I think there's going to be a lot of uh, teachers in the special needs uh, world who are going to do the very same thing. And so what a, what a great inspiration you are. What a fantastic story to be told. So, again, we at Combat Sports 101 want to thank you so much for being on our show with us today. Anytime. This is actually really a big thing I wanted to do, like use my platform to do this, because I teach here in Vegas um, self-defense seminars for autistic individuals and their families, um, you know, once a month. I try to do that with a local organization here in town. Um, and I want to show, like, autism isn't the, the nasty stereotypes you always believe. Right. Anthony Hopkins, the best, one of my favorite actors, didn't get diagnosed with ASD until his 70s. You know, the creator of Pokemon has ASD. Right. You know, just be, you know, there are a lot of success stories we just, as a society, we don't highlight because the human mind always goes to the negative bias. Sure. You, know, you know, it's always the negative headlines that make the news, that make people tune in, not the, oh, it's so-and-so saved a puppy from a tree. It's the, okay, these people got hurt, you know, yeah. that get the news headlines. And I'm just here to try and just dispel those kind of myths because I'm autistic and I have siblings who are autistic and they're all training. They're all training too. One of them is thinking about doing mixed martial arts. Um, and, and another is thinking of getting back into Muay Thai bouts. You just can't deal with people sweating and being all over. I can't blame him because he had that when Harry met Sally, like basketball, just, yes, oh, no. and carpet, just all over him in jujitsu. And I am not for that. And given you guys are more of the strikers, I, I bet y'all ain't for that either. I always make sure people are wearing a shirt or a rash guard before I go with them, though. <laughs> you understand very, very well. It doesn't bother me as much, but, I mean, it does bother me depending on the person. <laughs> and look, a sweaty man carpet bugs me. I, it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl. If someone has, a, if someone has like, like a fucking sweater on, I'm like, ah, 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 you're going to put a shirt on or a rash guard? We ain't rolling. <laughs> well, Serena, again, from uh, from myself, the Rhino, and, and our boy, The Essence, we want to thank you again so much for coming on our show. We're going to get it edited up, and we are going to send it out today, so we will 100% send you our link uh, on Twitter, and we hope you really, really enjoy it. And again, thank you so much for coming on, and just all the best of luck to you and Invicta, and maybe we can check in with you after your uh, first fight and see how the experience has been from then and from now until then. All right, thank you guys for having me on, and we'll do. Thank you, and yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of the afternoon. All right, you too. All right, Thanks. see ya. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I thought it was funny. Oh man, you're gonna hate me for this. <clears throat> You'll see why you're gonna hate me in a second, but. I'm not going to tell you. I'm halfway there. I'm not going to tell you why you're going to hate me in a second, but I'm gonna, you're going to notice why you're going to hate me in a second. You know we're partners in this, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Par partners have their ups and downs, okay? That's Jesus. what That's what makes the journey fun. If it was all uphill, it wouldn't you're be fun. You're a dick. <laughs> Three, oh, we've already been recording, two. haven't we? You <laughs> son of a bitch. That wasn't, that wasn't it. Okay. Don't worry. Three, two, one. Hello, folks out there in podcast land. This is CS101. This, oh, of course, you had to open up your monster right on the fucking That's what mic. I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> this is CS101, Combat Sports 101, your first, best, and only combat sports podcast that covers the multitude of combat sports. We're talking boxing. We're talking MMA. We are talking kickboxing, Muay Thai, and high-level grappling, and everything in between. I am your co-host, the Rhino. Mm -hmm. Jeff. Jeff is in a rare form today, everyone. He is 
bouncing off the walls. He is all over the place. He's trying to mess with me, and he likes doing that when he's far enough away where I can't reach him. Right. So <laughs> we are going to be breaking down uh, the Gaethje and Cowboy matchup from last night. We'll be going over a couple other fights from the UFC uh, Fight Night Vancouver. We are going to be breaking down a little bit of the uh, Otto Wallen versus Tyson Fury boxing match. Looking forward to the Yair Rodriguez versus Little Heathen Stevens this upcoming Saturday, as well as the Lion fights, which I touched on a little bit last week, but we're just going to remind you the Lion fights this coming Saturday as well. Mm -hmm. uh, also, folks, we had just the best interview um, what'd you say about half an hour ago, 45 minutes ago, whatever it was, something like that, with Serena Southpaw, Serena de Jesus, the new signee to Invicta. Um, she agreed to come on our show, and we had about a half an hour long, fantastic interview. We talked about her being a pioneer as far as being a uh, person diagnosed with autism and becoming a professional fighter in a major organization. We talked about how she, well, you know what? I'll save it, Jeff. We'll just let the folks listen to the interview. Yep. So we talked about a lot of great things with Serena. She couldn't have been nicer. She couldn't have been sweeter. She couldn't have been more forthcoming. It was fantastic. I am over the moon about it. Jeff, what do you have for us to start off the show today, my friend? First off, Serena was one cool-ass bitch. That was the pause I wanted right there. Thank you so much. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, no, there was actually, there was a lot of combat this weekend. So obviously, um, I know that I discussed um, that Worlds, United Worlds started, uh, I believe it was the 13th or 14th for wrestling. It's in uh, Kazakhstan. And I'm not going to discuss, like, the, you know, the, the trials, the... Um, I will discuss Greco-Roman, but mainly freestyle is what I'm going to discuss. Um, the finals and all that stuff for actual senior level will be at the end of this week, which is going to be the huge thing I'm going to talk about with, you know, uh, Sidakov and Jordan Burroughs, um, Abdul Rashid, Sajulayev, Kyle Snyder, um, Pat Downey, um, oh my God, uh, Bardrang. Um, from India, like a, a bunch of people I'll discuss with. So we'll discuss that later. Um, so that started. We also had um, KSW on Saturday. Yeah. Which was actually a phenomenal uh, card. We had, you know, again, we had uh, Otto Wallen yep. against Tyson Fury. We had UFC Vancouver. We had um, the last LFA on Access Fight TVs, which we won't go over the card, but we'll discuss like the relationship with how Access. I, I think Access is screwing up going away from it, but that's my own personal opinion. And the opinion is seconded by your co host. And uh, I think that was, was that it for. Um, I think that was it for all the, well, I mean, for the main fights. And then obviously yeah. you had like, um, rise, you had tension, uh, Nakusua. He had a kickboxing bout today. The guy who had that farce with Floyd Money Mayweather over in Japan. Yep. They had that today. Um, and then, yeah, then we'll discuss a little bit of, uh, UFC Mexico next week. So we'll start off with, um, I don't want to talk about Gaethje right now. Cause I know if I do, I'll just start crying. We'll then warm up um, to it with something else on the we'll card. We've got to start with the UFC. You want to start with the UFC? Yeah. Give me a second, ladies. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Man Bun, Eddie Gordo? Give me a second. Yeah, we might have to talk about. Oh, it was Tristan, by the way, was his name. Oh, Tristan Conley. Okay, yeah. the, the late the late replacement. I kept calling him Tom Conley for some reason. Because Tom Collins is an alcoholic drink and you got a problem. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> uh, fuck off. Fuck off. Uh, let's go ahead. 
Uh, I'll, I'll graze through a f- uh, two fights that start I... with your boy Brad, dude. Yeah, that's the one fight. Um, so you had Superman Brad Katona because everyone thinks he looks like he would be like a Clark Kent because he has the glasses and he's a super big nerd. But then when he takes them off, you know he's Superman. Against uh, Hunter Azer, who was an LFA uh, alumni. Uh, dude, there was a shit ton of LFA alumni. Yeah, there was like there was like eight guys on the card last night who were LFA alums. Um, and he was off of Dana White's contender this season of Dana White's contender series. He actually fought two months ago on there. Um, won by Rear Naked Choke. Uh, undefeated going into this. He's from Montana. Um, I guess that's the state that people live in. I guess that is. Yeah, I remember <laughs> learning about it in geography as a kid. Yep. It does exist. And uh, so Brad Katona coming off his first <laughs> uh, professional career loss uh, was, I believe, a, it was a unanimous decision. It was a pretty lopsided decision, though. And then he trains out of SPG. He's one of the most unique people that the UFC doesn't tell people about because he is Canadian, but he has an Irish accent and he's like a biochemist, but he fights and he's just like, he's the person that you wouldn't expect to be in the UFC. And he's a really good wrestler. He's super knowledgeable. He's, I guess he's like pinpoint on as to like, if you say to do something, he does it right on the spot. Um, but the whole fight, it was pretty much, again, it was square even him and Hunter Azure, uh, Azure landed a couple great strikes in the first two rounds. Um, I thought that Brad Katona started to pick it up in the later, the second. I thought he won the round, and I thought he won the third round pretty decisively. But it ended up being a split decision in Hunter Azure's favor, so he stays undefeated. Brad Katona moves to, I believe, 8-2 or 9-2. Um, it's just a minor setback. I know he's on a two-fight losing streak. I think that if he can get a lot better pressure uh, moving forward because he has good lateral movement, I think he'll be a, uh, a threat. You know, he has good takedowns. He has a pretty good ground game. But it's just, I think he's very weary of his hands. And I think if he just lets him go and he lets him flow, I think he'll be a And that'll come with experience. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's had plenty of, uh, you know, he's had 12, 13 fights at this point. But he's only been in the UFC for a very short amount of time. Uh, And like I said, the kid, by all accounts, is extremely coachable. Oh, yeah. John Kavanaugh, if John Kavanaugh can... Uh, teach you anything it's how to improve your stand-up game you yeah. know what I mean so I, I only see this kid improving he really does have a lot of potential and I'm looking forward to see where uh, where he goes from here yep and then the next one I'll go over real quick was uh, Cole Smith versus Miles Johns uh, both undefeated um, both actually coming off the contender series as well Miles Johns being the former LFA bantamweight champion a few months ago uh, Miles Johns if you look at him he looks like a brick house he's 25 he's five foot eight just built like a motherfucker and Cole Smith being a good Muay Thai practitioner undefeated as a Muay Thai um, at a pro level undefeated as a UFC and MMA fighter um, it was a pretty competitive matchup Cole Smith seemed very weary on the feet though he um went for a lot of takedowns he would he was holding Miles Johns in positions to where like Miles Johns was literally talking to the ref going hey are you gonna like stand this up he hasn't moved in a minute yeah the boo birds were out in full force for that one and uh because it was <clears throat> it was in Cole Smith's backyard too he's from Vancouver and there was actually a point in the fight where uh in the third you could see there was a massive rip in Miles Johns uh shorts because that's where he was holding him. He was actually holding on to the shorts. So I don't know how a point didn't get uh, deducted there. But Miles John ended up winning um, a decision. I believe it was split decision. But he, I mean, has heavy hands. He has good movement. He's athletic as shit. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing. Bantamweights, again, we talked about this before. Even though it's the Rhinos. It's not his least favorite. It's just he doesn't like little people. It's not um, true at all. <laughs> what I've said in the past was the 125 pound division, the featherweights, they need to go. Those guys take the best 15 of them, move up to 35 and get rid of the division. I've not said anything bad about the 45ers, dude. And there's no record of that at all. 
He's looking. I don't know what that was. Is it though? I don't know what that was. No, anyways. So yeah, no. But one thirty five. That was a weird detour we just took there. One thirty five. Um, especially with up and comers right now, I think is going to be rivaling the one fifty five pound division with how much talent they have in the not only the front end but the back end. That that's one thing that I think a lot of divisions lack is it's depth. Is depth, yeah. yeah. And, and like you can look at the top fifteen and go, man, dude, that's like that's that they have a huge ass like you know good depth chart from like the top a pool fifteen to work with. Exactly, but when you get into the top thirty, top you forty, burped. I know, fuck you. Yep. And uh, thanks. And so, <laughs> but when you get into like the top like twenty to thirty, that's when it really starts to dive down. And fifty five and thirty five, they don't. Like, like, oh yeah, like we talked about the show. Exactly. Fifty five and thirty five are ridiculously deep. Yeah, like, a, like, in <clears throat> fifteen, like in thirty five. If a fifteen beat a two, which has happened with Cody Garbrandt with Pedro Minos, you're like, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, but like if it happened with you know Walter Whites, you're like, holy what? shit. Yeah, the parody is much is Smaller. much. Yeah, it's much more there existent uh, with the fifty fives and with the thirty fives. Uh, you know, seventy is good, eighty five is good, two hundred five is good, heavyweight is better. Um, the women's 135 is good. I mean, there's a lot of good divisions that are deep, but literally 35 is is the B, and then 155 is the A as far yep. as depth goes. So yeah, I would say for sure 35 is right on the right up nipping at the heels. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So I'm excited to see what Miles John's um uh, career path is going to take. Like I said, yeah. there's so many there's so many good bantamweights out there. I can't believe you said I hate little people. What a dick thing to say. That's not true at all. No, he loves me, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only little person you have to love it's okay baby it's okay buddy but uh <laughs> um and then uh go over the main prelim real quick which was august augusto sakai versus um uh martin tabura yeah. which i had completely wrong in my prediction by yeah. the way yeah. full but disclosure <laughs> which no i mean i had to first off one sec i gotta take my pants off uh, he's shirt. taking his shirt off. This is literally happening right now. I'm it's not sure. It's really hot in here. It is hot in here, but I, well, I'm not do you clothing. Well, <laughs> I, I, I had a sweatshirt on yeah, too. He did, though. he did. But um, no, so when I was <laughs> watching uh, the prelims, they were talking about how Marcin Tabura went back to his original roots, how, because he was in KSW and he was oh, M- from Poland, absolutely. Yeah, and he was an M1 champ, a uh, heavyweight champ. And they're like, they're like, he's going back to his striking roots where, because he was knocking, you know, motherfuckers out over there. And this is what they said in quote. And like the whole internet was like, huh? Because they're like, he's going back to his uh, striking roots. He finally has his wrestling coach back. And I was like, the f- f- fuck <laughs> does that mean? <laughs> like, that, like what? That's like me. That's Go like ahead. me going, hey, uh, I'm back to my wrestling roots. I have the rhino on my corner. It's right. like, isn't he a professional boxer? That's like, yeah. I keep thinking about that meme where people, <laughs> someone says something and there's all the triangles and ge- geometric equations yeah. on the board. With the lady? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I keep thinking of when you're telling me this. Dude, and like, that's what I, when he said that, I was like, I don't think he realized what he just said. <laughs> and like, uh, oh my God, who was it? That The, the truth, Brandon on uh on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First off, that kid's funny, but he did that thing he where funny. it had like the Shannon Sharp name where he had like his lips puckered on. He's like, <laughs> and I was like, dog, I feel, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, Augusto Sakai just absolutely fucking murked. Oh, my gosh. And I don't use, the, I usually use the term murked. He murdered. Well, here's <laughs> the thing, Tabura. too. Tabura just stood there and I know he got Took hurt, him. but he did not 
do anything. Took him. Sakai, literally, uh, it was almost like a hockey fight. You know, that's what it reminded me of. It was such close quarters. It was kind of like an underhook on the left side, and he just kind of was overhanding him from like six inches away, eight inches away, right into the temple. And then finally, fucking Martin went down to his knees, and then there was one more for good measure. Put him down. Uh, Yeah, so Sakai, I don't know who it was on Twitter, but someone said, I just love seeing heavyweights with fat bellies going in there and swinging. Kudos to you, sir. That's exactly what I've been saying for my entire 10-year pro career is that... We, I, I have made money because of fans like you. So thank you. Kudos to you, uh, sir. <laughs> kudos to you, sir. Sakai, I, you know, I guess, I guess for me, I would want to see him uh, go against somebody now a little bit higher than Tybura. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought Tybura was a good, I mean, a good fighter. You know, Ioana yeah. and Jacek, obviously they're both from Poland, but Ioana and Jacek has nothing but high praise for him for years because she saw him back in the KSW days. They trained together in Poland. So I, I know she's a good eye of talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And from what I've seen from him, I was like, man, this guy could be a real contender at some point. Well, I don't know who Sakai is going to fight next, but if he wants to keep this momentum going and keep the upper trajectory afoot, he needs to get somebody higher ranked than Tybura, and you know, I who knows what could happen, but I'd like to see him in his next fight. There's two names like uh, that uh, come up in my mind after looking at the rankings, and it's uh, Tuivasa and uh, Olenek. Him and Ty Tuivasa would be good. I uh, I don't know. Olenek looked real bad in his last one. He's I think it might be though. the same. Right, I or, got or it Walt for Harris. now. Walt Harris is already signed to fight. Yeah. Um, the ream yeah so, so yeah maybe sakai or maybe uh, i mean sakai should fight tuivasa i think tuivasa signed to fight somebody too to be honest with you but yeah so maybe it is olenic and if olenic wants to fight again i hope he does a much better job than yeah. last time out because it wasn't good mm-hmm. yeah so yeah there's that and then uh, honestly the main card th- this was actually a really good fight card like i don't think I don't know if we did. Did we do? Did we do a breakdown of like what we thought overall ratings were for like the last one? I don't think we did. No. Okay, we did not. We'll, we'll ignore that. It was a bye week then. Um. So <laughs> for for this card, Every I honestly for him. it would be <laughs> thanks. Uh, I, I'll give it a solid B. Um, I'll give it a solid B. Okay. I'll give it a solid B for the main reason being. Um, <clears throat> oh, anyways, uh, due to the fact that if it's an A. It's almost going to be impossible for me to give like an AA plus because it's going to be, it has to be like big ass names from top to bottom. Like 244 might be. Exactly. Yeah. And Jesus Christ. We're getting a lot of fucking I'm, I'm just rings gonna, on the old computer. That's nobody's phone. Like we are professional enough to turn our phones yeah. to silent, but the computer makes that ringing it's, sound. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's Eli in, in, <laughs> in our thoughts right now. Yeah, I've always thought about that because like, like I know that like this is his like like we use his computer and this I'm completely sidetracked and I think this would have been funny every time it dings like that I want to fucking open it and just start messaging people <laughs> and then be like what the hell's going on he like how come I've been assigned to be at this place at this time like we have no idea <laughs> Eli we don't know how that happened that's crazy yeah. but um yeah so yeah like two forty four for instance um or or like two seventeen to me would have been an uh, an A card that was the one that uh, MSG with um <clears throat> with uh, GSP, Bisping, uh, Garbrandt, Dillashaw. Yeah. Like, just like top-tier names, three championship fights. All the fights were just A-plus fights. Um, and there was finishes. Um, and depending... That's also another thing, too, we've talked about. If the finishes are too quick, I think it downgrades the card completely. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. If, they, if there's a ton of first-round finishes, it, it hurts the overall uh, look, right? Because mm-hmm. we're supposed to be 
pitting two guys or two gals who are Equals. similar in you know similar in skill level, yep. in which case they should have to figure out via a physical chess match to find out who's the better person. Yep. When someone gets murked or you know within the first minute or two, yeah, it's fun. It's cool for a couple times. And then but you don't like, want oh, to top shit. to bottom show. You're like, well, fuck, because that's happened on that's happened on the LFA before, dude. Mm-hmm. Where I've watched it and literally every fight was a first round fucking stoppage. Yeah. And then you're sitting there for like you know 30 minutes in between fights and they're mm-hmm. trying to fill time. And they're talking about PSA. Right. Oh my gosh. Good. I got mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. Um, it, it's yeah. just really rough when that happens. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I'm going to give this card. I only saw four of the fights from start to finish. I'm going to give this card a solid B plus. And the, you know, they get more credit for it being a fight night because when it's a pay-per-view, I expect more. You yeah. know I mean, the standards are higher, mm-hmm. but when a fight night, you get a little bit more wiggle room. Yeah. So I'm giving a solid B plus for this card yeah. last night. I, I respect that. Also, th- this one already had a curve. <laughs> added into it because you have Gaethje and Cerrone on it. Yeah, no like, shit. Like, like yeah, I'm not, if they, if those two are ever on a card, it's not going to be below a B minus. It's <laughs> yeah, not below true. a B minus. Like everything else can fucking flunk. <laughs> and that, that right there, if it performs to where you're at, you're like, you know what? It was a good card. Everyone's keeping at least a 3.0 <laughs> average after that. But, uh, so no, the, <laughs> the entire, the entire, um, actual main card was really good. Um, there was a lot of, um, good. There was a lot of vets that had experience on it. There was a lot of people, um, you know, there's comebacks, there were, uh, you know, new up and coming. It had everything in this card that you would want in a card, actually, when it comes from top to bottom. There's no just all new blood or all old blood in and out, blah, blah, whatever. So the first fight, which was um, Jimmy Crute versus Misha Surkinov, which did not disappoint, even though it ended in the first round. Um, Jimmy Crute being undefeated from Australia. He's only 22. Um, kids built like a fucking brick house. Sure is. Against Misha Surkinov, who was coming off of a... Um, Nice KO loss to Gianni Walker. Um, obviously the athleticism, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But Jimmy Crew looked really good in this fight. I mean, he was he was winning the fight until he he um got overzealous and just lost his position and got into a Peruvian necktie, which is the only second one in UFC history. Do you remember who the first one was? Oh my god, I know the name. It wasn't it wasn't Big Nog, was no, it? No, it was Stevie Dalloway. Stevie Dalloway, there we yeah. go. I don't know why I just... Who is now on a two-year suspension for popping for all the drugs. He popped hella hard. Dude, he popped Jarrell Big Baby Miller style yeah. hard, dude. But, um, yeah, so like I said, I re- like I mean, I rewatched it because it, uh, it only it was only the first round. But like I said, Jimmy Crute looked really good. It, it was just when he got in the top mount. I mean, you can see Misha Serkinov. I mean, he was getting, you know, pounded on. And you can see his hand start to slip to grab the ankle. And... I, Jimmy Crew just wasn't paying attention, and as soon as he grabbed it, he was able to get the he was able to uh, roll over, and got got a Peruvian necktie. So it was one of those things where I think Jimmy Crew, if that got ran back, I think he would win the fight. But it's it it, it was the um. I don't want to say inexperience, but it was the youthfulness of him that lost him that fight. Well, right. And like, like we talked about earlier with Brad Katona, I mean, Jimmy Crude is so young and he's so new to the bright lights. This, you know, this kid has all the potential in the world. He is a stud. Now you got to remember 22, man, that is a really, really young age to be particularly with the higher weight class. You know really, what I mean? Really young strength. Yeah. Strength is a big deal. And yeah, he looks all muscled up and everything else, but like you get strength as you get older, you get stronger. Yep. Uh, and I, 
think Serkinov, I picked Serkinov to win, but I thought it was going to be by decision. So, um, you know, Serkinov, I, I think, is uh, is the right kind of fight for you to give Jimmy Crew, right? Because mm-hmm. if it was somebody lower than that, he probably runs through him. And if it's somebody way above that, he probably gets murked even earlier or worse. So this was the right kind of fight for him to have. This was the right level of guy. I think Crute should maybe take one step back in his next one, get him, you know, on, on, on like the prelims of a, you know what I mean? Not, yep. a, not on the main card. Uh, let things go a little bit slower for him, a little bit less mm-hmm. hype, a little bit less uh, pressure maybe. And I think we'll see a better performance out of him. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more, especially now that light heavyweight actually does have contenders in it yeah. in the top 10. Yeah. You, you don't have to push people. No, no, you don't. And, and bring him along slower. Exactly. Especially, I, I think one of the main reasons they wanted to push him is because that scene over there is starting to. I mean, ne- next next month they're going to have the biggest sports com- like combat sports event in the history of Australia. Right. In the history of it, without it, question. Without question. And like, so they're they're really trying to strive and push. I mean, for, for fuck's sake, they just um they sign um Brad uh, Quick Riddle. Who's he's only two and zero? Yeah, Kai Carter France tweeted that out, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, and they they assigned him to fight on that card because they, dude, they just want they want everyone from that uh, low, local that, homegrown talent. Exactly. So I agree with it, but at the same time, you you need to grow your brand. You need to grow that person. Don't don't give them the Darren Till treatment. Um, which again, that's that's a, that's a sticky subject because you could say that they rushed him. You can say that they didn't rush him. I thought he was doing well. Again, I thought he lost against Stephen Thompson personally. Um. But they didn't. He didn't get rushed at all. He he was like, yeah, no, I want that fight. He wanted the fight the best. Again, he asked for what he got. This exactly. was not somebody who got thrown to the wolves. Wasn't Sage Northcutt. Wasn't right. Like, Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, he he was like he was wanting it. So don't don't say that he Dana White. Don't say oh I pushed him too hard. You didn't. Don't like, cry for don't cry for Darren Till, dude. Yeah. He got exactly what he Fuck, asked he, for. He's the one that wanted the Kelvin Gaslam fight. Right. Like, and have you seen him lately? He is going to be dude, real happy at eighty five because he must weigh two hundred and fifteen pounds right now. No no shit. He looks like a gorilla. Yeah, dude. Fuck. Did you see him sparring Tom Aspinall? Yes. I he saw looks the clip bigger than Aspinall. And Aspinall's a heavy... He's a heavyweight. <laughs> Till looks like a goddamn beast right now. So, we'll see how he does at 85. We'll see how he fares. I think Kelvin's too, too much for him by now, but that is another show. So, we're going to stick on this one. We're going to go into my boy, Uriah Hall, who, again... Um, Baby face! <laughs> we have... I, well, I shouldn't say we. I've been a fan of Uriah Hall ever... And I, I think the essence has as well, Same. but... I've been a fan of Ryle ever since the Tough House. Um, I loved his humble nature. I loved his striking. I loved that fucking spinning back kick that put that kid's head into orbit. Um, the the fact of the matter is, and, and you know, a lot of people were talking about this on Twitter after the fact, and it's true. Every, most of what I was reading was absolutely true. Uh, he he never has lived up really to his potential. You never know what Uriah Hall you're going to get. We see him have these great performances, and then we see him shit the bed depending on the night. Um, and I'm I don't know if that's ever going to change. You know what I'm saying? I think there might be nights like last night where he has a really good performance it was a very close fight um i i had uriah hall winning because yeah shoe face took him down a bunch and shoe face had him in control a lot of it, but he didn't do shit when he was on him and now he's a, he's like a major mm-hmm. black belt in jujitsu he's a major yeah. bjj practitioner and uriah hall was able to negate any offense while he was on there and when they were on the feet uriah hall pieced him the fuck up he, uriah hall like you said, he except for the third round. Yeah, except for that, he he's one of those fighters that like. Um, what, what was that poll that went around on Twitter where it was like you know the most overrated, um, most underrated? It was the uh, biggest letdown. 
Okay. But I don't want to use the term letdown because that's super bad. I love your right hall too. Like yeah, he, yeah, I love him. I mean, when he's on track, he's a killer. Yeah. But, but he's very, he's super consistent at being inconsistent. And I've said that yeah. on here like 30,000 times, I'm pretty sure. But he's one of them. Like, like his striking, when he's striking on point, he, he's probably one of the best strikers in the middleweight division. He's definitely one of the hardest. You know what I mean? He, the, guy, the guy's Pinpoint. jab hurts you. Pinpoint. You know what I'm saying? Like, most people jab for a rangefinder. He jabs to fucking hurt you, kind of like a boxer does. Yeah. And, and, you know, when they were on the feet last night, Uriah was the man. And when they were on the ground, Shoeface was, but mm-hmm. he didn't do enough with it. Yeah. So, yeah, they were like, well, Uriah, some of the people. We're like, oh, you know, I, I had shoe face because he held, held him in control on the ground. I didn't see it that way. To me, it mm-hmm. was it was definitely the way more damage was done to shoe face by Uriah. Yep. Um, I, I'm, I'm fine with a split decision. It was close, you know, yeah. kind of depending on how well, you weigh out grappling versus striking. Yep. Which is what it's funny because I hate MMA in the in the aspect of when it goes to the judge's scorecards, you don't know what the judge is going to base it off of. But that's right. that's honestly one of the dopest parts about MMA is you're like, shit, I don't know if that judge is going to. Because uh, they were talking about that um, during, I forgot what fight it was a few weeks ago, but they're like, oh, well, he, he was pressing forward. It's like, yeah, he might have been pressing forward, but who was landing more shots? The guy that was on his back foot. Cause some people are counter strikers. Like they yeah. don't press forward. Like Chuck Liddell. Exactly. So it's it's one of those things where you, you can't, you can't just say like, oh, that he was controlling. Uh, granted, I know when they go over the rules beforehand, like other people, they're like, oh, three judges scored about uh, five, five minute rounds for championships. Uh they base it off of stri- uh, effective striking, grappling, and octagon control. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's just that's a premise. Like they might not do that. There's room. There's room for interpretation. Exactly. And I, and again, like you said, Shoeface is a phenomenal grappler. Yes. If if he gets you down, this is my this is my whole aspect now, and I'm gonna rant about this because this is actually a really good topic rant to rant on. about. It is if you have such a phenomenal grappler like that, and he has you down, and you're like, oh, he's gonna win the round. But he's not doing anything. What's more, what's more impressive? The fact that the guy on the bottom should have been submitted probably 10 minutes ago or the fact that he's actually holding him there. So that's where I come in. It's like, well, Antonio was holding him down. It's like, yeah, but he should have been able to like get the job done. I guess it's like, it is what I'm saying. It's like having a BJJ black belt holding down a boxer and they're like, oh, he's holding him down. He can't do shit. He's one of the round. It's like, dog, he should have submitted him 20 minutes ago. Or vice versa, if you're on the feet and you're exactly. fighting, you're fighting a pro boxer versus a BJJ guy, and the the pro boxer can't get his shots off, he's not landing anything clean. Like, dude, does that automatically mean that he wins the rally? No, no. You know what I mean? What if the other guy landed a few more shots that were clean shots? Exactly. So you got to think about it as okay. Well, he he's known for that, but it's like how how is he not being as effective? Like it, it, that's what makes judging. It's such a miracle. I think I'd be great at it, but. <laughs> I just wanted to throw my two cents in there, but it's one of those things where, again, you don't leave it to the judges. I think Uriah Hall did win the fight. I think yeah. he was more effective. I mean, that one, that one, two that he landed where it literally spit that blood back. It snotted, snotted blood out of his nose in like, like the third round. Like I said, it was, third a, row. It's a, it was a great fight. Close fight. I know they were both really good friends. Um, he didn't want to see that happen, but it was a great fight. Um, this poor call out of Israel. You're not there yet. Uriah, you know, rattle off three wins in a row, maybe. We, Maybe we six, <laughs> depending on who they are. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're you're nowhere near that, bud. Not yet. But well, we do love you, and we are say, glad you won. I will say though, him and your, it'd probably be one of those things where like he fucking did against Gagard, and he somehow beats him, and you're like, huh? And then yeah. they run it back, and then you get absolutely destroyed. <laughs> right. Again, but, we never know. He's the uh, he's the two face of MMA. You just never know which version you're going to get. So, moving, moving on from that. <laughs> We've got uh, Michael Perhera, also known as Eddie Gordo, when you smash the buttons, versus late replacement Tristan Connolly. Why don't you go ahead and take us from there, buddy? God. Okay, so this one's funny. 
and that, that that's basically it's too all long I, of a yeah. pause. No. So because <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what pinpoint what part I want to start with them. So my prayer, I I oh my god, I got to check his record real quick because I can, I can swear to you that he's like 14 and 10. Oh my god! Give me a second. I like shoot it over to the essence, and then he just fucking throws something on top of the soundboard. Go. It was awesome. Twenty three and nine. He's twenty three and nine now. It's okay, good record. Yeah, it's all right. But uh, that's actually Jeez. no, no, it's actually good. Yeah. So he get. In case anyone doesn't know why he got signed to the UFC, it's because there was a viral video going around of a guy that was um he was I'll I'll use the word swimming on the ground. He was waiting for, you know to bait him in and all that. And this guy first off broke a shit ton of rules doing this but he went and jumped on the fence and first off you're not supposed to grab the fence anyways like no matter what jumps on the fence and tries doing a flip over the guy that that's what got him signed by the way it was just like his flashiness yeah it was his it was his antics more than his uh fighting ability capabilities and uh he won his first uh bout in the ufc um you know i, th- I believe it was tko whatever blah 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 and then this was a late replacement. Tristan Connolly came in a week, and I mean, Connolly begged for this fight. And he's a 55er, so he was 55. moving up, dude. Yeah. He know, and not only that, but he was a natural 55er. That's what they said. Like he barely cuts weight to get to 55. Oh, he pulls a Frankie Edgar old school, just kind of much, yeah. yeah. And uh, he begged, begged for this fight. And Pereira missed weight by four pounds. Super flashy though, and everyone's like, oh, blah blah. And I'm okay with the flashiness, but you can't tell me that like. Oh, I'm the greatest thing ever when I've seen you get your tank kicked in. And Tristan Conley basically like Tristan Conley did what he had to do yesterday. He actually just he he beat him up. Like fair is fair. I, I thought it was a pretty clear cut decision. Uh Michael Pereira started doing like again, Tristan Conley was on the ground. He was, you know, swimming to bait him in. And Michael Pereira decided to do like two backflips. It's like, dude, you're in a fight. Like, don't be entertaining right now. Like you're in here to win. Do not be entertaining. Sure. And I, well, I'll be entertaining, but you don't need to, you don't need to take the ridiculous backflips. Yeah. You don't need to do the ridiculous stuff that you were pulling. Well, you know, here's the thing. And I saw, and I can kind of see it from their side too. There are a lot of people on Twitter, both on both sides of this coin, right? Yeah. Um, they, they only tune in because he does that stuff. That's what some of these people are saying. Other people are saying it's ridiculous. There's no point. He's all flash. He's no substance. Yada, yada, yada. I could see it from both aspects. Me as kind of a purist. I think it's fun to throw in something like that every now and again, but he was doing it to a point where it was carnival-ish. Exactly. It was it was it was way too excessive. It was way too over the top. And some of those techniques were just ridiculous. Garbage. And put him it blew him up. Yep. Like he was tired from doing that. Uh-huh. And that's what ended up being, I think, the deciding factor. Yep. For the one wasn't he the, the lone Canadian who won, or maybe those two two Canadians that won? I think it was like to him and Serkinov, right? Or Serkinov isn't Canadian. He's not. He's like s- Russian or something. I think he's Russian descent, but I think he's from Canada. I don't think many Canadians won. I don't think Canadians won very well. They didn't do very well last night. But at any rate, uh, I was stoked for that kid to uh, Connolly to get the victory over Man yeah. uh, Man Bun. And he, and he made a fuck ton of money last night too. Got the bonus, the hundred G's bonus. Got, got the hundred G's. He got twenty percent of hers uh, purse. And his, you know, fight show bonus. So, um, it's one of those things again. Like I said, you can be flashy. You can be like, like Justin Gate. Justin Gaethje isn't even flashy. He throws that um, somersault kick, what, yeah, whatever yeah. it's called. He'll yeah. throw that once in a while. That's flashy. He doesn't throw it every time. Anthony Pettis does a few crazy things here and there, but usually they're they're at the end of the round, first mm-hmm. of all. So he's not going to get himself in trouble for the remainder. Yep. And you know he does it at strategic times. This Perea kid just fucking throws these odd, weird, insane techniques he, all the time. He reminds me of the movie Bring It On, 
when like they're about to squat up and they start doing backflips and you're like, the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and then I got to know where you're like, oh, he's on top of me. Jeez, I'm crow. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here. I know Conley kid. He Jeff just aggressively is pointing at me with his I eyes. I just buggy. realized what the, the, I, what the fight was last night. You ever watch movie Never Back Down? I've not. We've told I've told you that. I know I forgot you haven't lived life. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So anybody who's ever watched that movie, and this is an ongoing (laughs) joke in my household where we say it's the greatest movie ever created. It it, it's what catapulted like I said Braveheart wrong. Uh, dude, I was seeing how silent we could be for a minute. Oh, man, I couldn't take it much longer. So that, that that's what catapulted. Like, I have loved combat sports my whole life. I loved wrestling as a kid. That's what really catapulted it in, like, sixth grade for me was that movie. And if watching it now, it's just the dumbest movie ever. But there's a part in it where they go to the beatdown, which is, like, they're, you know, all in one tournament. And a guy's just standing there, and this dude's doing parkour. And the guy's just looking at him, and he keeps doing it. And he just runs up and fucking Superman punches him and knocks him out. That's basically what Michael Pereira is. So I had to get that off my chest. So All right. Next fight. You'll be happy about the next fight. Nikita Krylov and Glover Teixeira. Yeah, but I I love Glover Teixeira, as everyone listeners know, but I fucking picked him wrong. I thought Krylov was going to Krylov did not look good at all. No. Glover ran through him, dude. Mm-hmm. But yeah, of course I love Glover Teixeira to win. I just didn't think that was what was going to happen. So I'm either. officially never never going against him again. But let's just real quick cover the Todd Duffy and Jeff oh, yeah, Hughes fight. I, I completely, uh, Jeff sorry, Hughes, my, I couldn't see that with my eye. <laughs> Jeff Hughes, uh, LFA, former LFA heavyweight champion, the lone heavyweight at Team Alpha Male, fighting yep. Todd Duffy coming off a long layoff. The guy's been a pro for like 12 years and he only has like 13 fights. Uh, it was pretty exciting, man. I was looking forward to it. I was like, all right, the big boys, we got the real athletic looking guy versus the real fucking kind of chubby belly guy my kind of peeps so you know they go out and they exchange a little bit duffy i thought duffy was winning you know what i mean they, he he landed it looked like better volume but when jeff landed this is funny talking about this <laughs> as we all talked about last episode his name is jeff and my name is todd and now we're kind of screwing each other up like like todd like when todd was landing like he, he was landing with count like combos and they, they looked like they were heavy but when jeff landed he was landing like maybe one or two shots but it looked like todd was feeling them yeah, so. they look cleaner. I, I'll give you that. Again, I picked Jeff to win because of the long hiatus. But I picked Todd. I know. It's messing with my head. Um, so essentially, Todd just said he got poked in the eye. Yep. Right? Uh, said he couldn't continue. It was early enough in the first round where the no commission contest. had no other recourse but to rule it a no contest. Again, we ran into this with the whole Czech Congo Bader thing. I didn't see it clearly. I don't know what happened. I'm not in there. Uh, again, I don't know why this keeps happening. Um, people have called for the old pride style of gloves. You know, they have a little bit more of a curve cover on the fingers. I don't know if that would help. I, I really don't know. Uh, a lot of people were talking that Todd Duffy wanted out of the fight. Mm-hmm. He did. You know, he was a he, he pulled a coward move. I, I really don't know. Um, I prefer not to think that's what he did. But I, again, well, I wasn't in there. It's not, tough, not, tough to say. Not only that, but I don't think you can say he pulled the coward move because he got in there anyways but uh it is what and here's the thing is i think he did get poked in the eye because if you rewatch it jeff started to back up like he felt like he had done it yeah like like, like he had his gloves up he he was like uh because todd went immediately for his eye and instead of jeff you know teeing off on him he literally backed up and did this he put his hands up right so i i think he knew he poked him i don't know if the severity of the poke was that bad again because like i said i thought i mean it was only two minutes into the round, I believe. Right. It was um, something like that. It was early. But it, it was to the point where, I mean, Todd, Todd had better. He was landing heavier. I feel like he was, you know, landing more volume. 
So it is what it is. They'll probably end up running it back in like 25 years. So. <laughs> well, I know I definitely want to see Jeff Hughes fight again because I know he will. Uh, you know, he's not in any damage of any kind. He could probably fight, you know, next card if they wanted him to. Yeah. So I would really like to see him go again. Todd Duffy, I don't know what to say. Uh, go maybe... back to pre-USADA days. Did you see his? Oh, the, 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 the before and the after USADA pictures? Yeah. The He-Man versus the regular dude who works at Subway kind of a deal? Yep. Yeah, I saw it. But he looked better in the... I'll say this. He looked, he looked better, better in the cage. Yeah, he did. Than he did on the, yeah, than he did on the uh, scale. Minus the fact that he was trying to show his junk to the ref. I didn't catch that. Yeah, when he was like doing the eye poke, you know how people sometimes like pull on their pants. Yeah, he had it like all the way down to that. <laughs> I missed that, I'm but like, no problem. I'm like, if you're trying to show the fucking Loch Ness monster over here, dude, I'm over here. I'm done. I'm done hunting hog season, dude. Hog season's over with. Done, been over with, dude. Wow. All right. So on that note, let's yep. move forward to uh, if you want to talk about Glover real quick. I mean, we really do. We do need to get to yeah. the main event okay, because great. we got to move on a Glover, little bit. Fantastic. Um, I. I don't know what's next for him. Like I said, I know he he doesn't look like he is done. He's going to be done anytime soon. But I think at the level of higher competition that is going to be in the top six, top seven, I don't think he'll hang with them. He he'll be a good gatekeeper, I guess, for the next you know couple guys. But three four fights maybe, yeah, and then he's well, he's got to get out, dude. Yeah, but he looked good. Nikita Krylov, I don't know what the hell happened to you. Yeah, you just you look like you were stunned. You look like you honestly like the lights got to you somehow. And I I I thought it was going to be not an easy one, but I thought he was going to decisively win but again i guess we we're both wrong we were so. both wrong on that one i'm glad i love glover to share so yep. you know we'll see what happens next all right one. so the next one and this one is this one hurts um yeah it does that, that's all i have to say <laughs> the the long the, i'll do the i'll do my cliff notes version on this because we do need to move on but yep. um cowboy Cerrone is my favorite fighter all, all time i love him so so much uh, blood and guts warrior everything about him i love him him and justin gagey who's my other favorite fighter in the in the whole ufc they they get together the the thing the, the thing about it that i'd been saying was i wanted it to last a while so that they both felt good no matter what happened i thought justin gagey was going to win by third round stoppage it ended up being much quicker than that um i'm not sure about the exact timing it was like it was like four minutes in right there was like a four minutes 18 seconds. four minutes 18 seconds right so i was pretty close and uh the, the long story was he hit him with a leg kick he threw an overhand to really rock Cowboy. Cowboy went down to his knees. Justin hit him a couple times, looked at the ref, being like, you should stop the fight. The refs didn't do shit. That ref was garbage. Um, Justin hit him again, hurt him worse. The referee stepped in between them, called the fight. Justin Gagey, first round TKO. Uh, they were both very friendly with each other afterwards. Cowboy is not retiring. Justin has been clamoring for either a, a bout with McGregor or the winner of Habib Tony. So I'm I'm guessing it's going to be the winner of Habib Tony is going to be next for Gaethje because who can fucking rely on McGregor, not me or anybody else in the world. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I think for him. Cowboy, you know, takes take a little time, buddy. Don't just jump right back in again, as I know you're going to want to do. He'll be back. Take a little time. I know, but... In November. <laughs> take a little time. Enjoy danger and the fruits of your labor and take a little break and then really only have a two or three more probably for him and then he needs to get out. But Justin Gaethje is... Climbing the ladder, I really want to see him keep going. He, I love watching Justin Gaethje fight. So it hurt my heart to see Cowboy Cerrone lose, but that is what I thought was going to happen. It just happened earlier than I thought. At least it also happened to somebody that is respectful, like Justin. Like, like I said, they they literally took this fight because nobody else wanted to fight each other, right? And they they called each other before we got signed. They're like, "Hey, are we fucking doing this?" And they're like, "Yep, we're doing this," and they did it. So, like I said, <laughs> um, after because. You look at Justin Gaethje, he's 21 and two, I believe. Yeah. It's too long. And again, the reason why. Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier. And those two fights were honestly razor thin. 
like if they would have went to decision, I should say. But it was going back and forth, and it's just basically whoever caught who first. And I, I think, I think personally, Justin Gaethje is. I, I know you have you know Masvidal Diaz, you have Cerrone, you have all these people. I think the baddest motherfucker award goes to Justin Gaethje. I, I think it does. Look at, and yeah, obviously, like I said, he has the two losses, but. Hey, what was it? What, what did we say? Out of 23 of his fights, only two of them have one to decision? Correct. Every other one has been stopped by a knockout or a TKO. <clears throat> like the kid, I think the, he's got two subs, too, maybe. Uh, uh, maybe. But the, the kid comes for war. And he says that. He said, listen, I'm in there to knock you out or you're fucking knocking me out. It's not going either. It's not going any other way. Sure. And something about that just gets me like, <laughs> I knew that was coming. But every time it just gets me like, I know the, I know the next and, step. And, uh... I think after his two losses, because his two losses were back-to-back, his Audi Alvarez and then uh, Dustin Poirier, uh, rewatched the Dustin Poirier fight. Honestly, like I said, it was a back-and-forth battle. He he had his opportunities. And uh, Trevor Whitman being one of the greatest coaches. that I don't know. Like, they changed game plans, and you can tell. he He's more calculated with where he throws his violent strikes, which every strike is violent to him. Um, but it's paid off. He's had three first-round knockouts. And he, he he's not wasting his energy. He he's precise with his his fucking kicks. Just they, they they hurt me. They're sharp, man. And they just like I think he doesn't care if he breaks a, like his own leg. He's just throwing the throw. And I um, still throw it if he does. Yeah. So um, he he was very um, calculated with the strikes last night. Like I said, um, I, I knew like Cowboy obviously being a kickboxer, um, he he expected it, but I don't think anyone expects the um, the the force behind it, and. After you feel a couple of those, you think you're questioning yourself to the body and to the leg, and then Justin goes up top. And he caught Cowboy. Cowboy was coming in with the one. He caught him overhand with the right, knocked him down, got him in a pummel, hit, I think, two or three uppercuts, landed another mean right hook. Uh, Cerrone fell straight down. And, like, you could just tell, right, it probably could have been called right there. Uh, Justin looked at the ref. I mean, at this point, you could tell Justin didn't want to hit him again because right. Justin, like he said, he's like, I love the guy. Like, yeah. I didn't want to hurt him. Fucking throws another one. Ref starts to step in. He looks at him. The ref just stands there. He throws another one. The ref got closer, didn't put his hands up, hit him again, and then the ref put his hands and Justin went off on the ref. Like, he was pissed as fuck. Sure it was. And, uh, rightfully no, so. It, it was. It was bittersweet to watch. I don't like to watch Cerrone get knocked, not knocked out, but TKO'd. Um, yeah. But if anyone was to do it, I'm, I'm glad it's it was Justin Gage. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with you. On that, I'm, so. I'm glad it was him. Like I said, they have all but the respect for him. Now, next for Justin, like you said, it's it's going to be the winner if it be Tony. Uh, either way, that fight also. Because goddamn, that was too loud. It's okay. Because um, <laughs> that that those three, like any matchup in those three, is just oh my god, match made in heaven. I would also like to see Nate Diaz versus Justin Gaethje because I think. I think Justin Gaethje just breaks his leg. <laughs> if I'm being 100 percent be honest, um, but yeah, no, I, I think I'd also like, and because I, I said this to Eli yesterday, um, as I sent him a, a video of the Gaethje Cerrone thing, and I guess Connor posted a picture right afterwards of oh, himself looking, trying to look like the Terminator, like a douche, like I'll be back, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I think, I think connor needs one more loss and basically his 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 stock is already down like plummeting pe- dude people people whenever he tweets now people are like, even his own fans are like hey can you not fucking do this yeah. like like shut the fuck up and fight like we're having such a hard time defending you already and then this is what you pull yeah and uh i, I think habib took 50 percent of what he's worth right now 
and I need someone else to take the rest. And who else but Justin Gaethje to do it? Because Justin Gaethje <laughs> doesn't like it. Like he said it yesterday. He did on ESPN. They asked him. They're like, "What would you? Would you like to fight him?" He goes. He goes. Yeah. He's like. He's like, I like the, you know, I want to fucking fight him. He punched an old man in the face, and I'm not, I'm not fucking okay with that. Yeah, he and, hates Connor. Dude. And he, he was cussing because, like, you can tell, like, I mean, he's a social work person too, as well. Right. And like, he loves, he loves working with kids. He loves working with old, like, and he just absolutely despised the fact, like, he's like, he punched an innocent old man in the face for no reason. Like, he needs to fucking pay for it. And I think Justin Gaethje deserves to have him pay for it. My foot was a balloon. My foot was a balloon. Yeah, you think his foot's a balloon? Wait till he gets his fucking ACL kicked in. But, um, <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's a perfect matchup. Um, like I said, Cerrone, for the love of God, just take the rest of the year off. Um, you, you've already you fought five times in ten months, something like that. It was some stupid number like that. So take take time off because I know if you come back, you're either gonna fight Dustin Poirier, you're gonna fight who else is in the top ten? Um, Felder. I don't think he'll fight Felder. Bar- uh, no, honestly, I could see Felder. Yeah, I could see that fight, too. I could see it. Um, I could see Barboza, even though those two should run it back for a third time because it was so close. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see him fight anytime real soon. I'd say it. Take a little break. I'd say Dan Hooker, but he's fighting Al. Um, right. Yeah, no, I, I see Dustin Poirier maybe getting getting the run at him. Um, other than that, there's he's, he's, he's fought the who's who. He has. So take time off. Enjoy your Copenhagen. Enjoy danger. Copenhagen. Enjoy Budweiser. Enjoy your P3 nuts. Um, enjoy. <laughs> hey, what, come on. To be fair, it's not just nuts. There's cheese and meat in those things as well. It's your daily amount of protein mixed with fats and calcium and also carbohydrates. For a professional athlete like him, we all know that has all the things inside of it that we need to make ourselves perform at a high level. P3, the ultimate stack for the UFC. Dude, we need a sponsor from them right the fuck now. <laughs> Dude, okay, I'm gonna snippet that and I'm gonna send it to somebody and be like, can we please get a sponsorship? That was amazing. Holy First shit. of all, we don't um we don't sit next to each other anymore. We he's like across the room by the soundboard and he just said it and he kinda looked at me and he kinda gave me a look. I'm like, oh we're doing it. And then we just fucking riffed and it was clean too. We didn't stammer or anything. Oh okay. well, boy, uh, P3. Who even makes P3? I don't even know. Uh, it doesn't. It's like Oscar Mayer or something? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we're going to move on from uh, from the Fight Night Vancouver. And just real briefly, I'm going to run over what I <clears throat> what I saw last night between Tyson Fury and Otto Wallen. Uh, Otto Wallen, a 6'6 kid. I be- I'm not sure what his record was. I was 18-0, I believe. Uh, fighting Tyson Fury, the lineal heavyweight champion. Uh, coming off of his domination over Tom Schwartz. Uh, a couple months back, uh, the kid from Germany. So the kid from Finland, uh, Otto Wallen, nobody gave him a chance. You know what I mean? He was definitely the massive underdog uh, against Tyson Fury, uh, and he really had a good performance. Uh, Otto Wallen kind of came out of nowhere, and he, he, you know, Tyson Fury is Tyson Fury, and he won the fight. He clearly won the fight. Uh, Otto really did cut him open early. Gave him two cuts on his eyelid, on his, you know, but the one was above the eye, one was actually on the eyelid. Uh, and, you know, and he stayed in Fury's face. Fury did some of his head movement stuff. He did some of his long combinations. He did some of his range stuff, which is all to be expected. Um, the, the, the story of Otto of the last night was Otto Wallen, how he kept it close, how he stuck in there the whole time. He got hurt bad in like the ninth. He got hurt bad Mm -hmm. in the 10th. He got hurt bad in the 11th, but he kept on coming. Mm -hmm. Super impressive. I'd love to see what happens as a kid. Is he he championship caliber level? No, not not right now, but he could be. 
I, you know, this is the right thing you need to get yourself into a yep. position for it that. was it was impressive too because also the backstory of his father passing away a few months a ago a month ago or something yeah, yeah definitely um, because of cancer so it, it was it, it was impressive um i thought he his game plan and it was pretty funny because like i said i was talking about that with the, uh, the rhino and a couple people is people had it closer than anticipated because of that hook that landed on fury in the third that cut him open but like it, it's miraculous what blood can do to a fight and make you believe that who that somebody's you know losing and winning and so on and so forth. But I, I thought um, he did a really he did a fantastic job the first couple rounds. I think his corner uh, got too heavy on the the eye part, and he started yeah, like focus on the eye, just on the eye, go for the eye. Yeah, yeah, I think they I think they focused a little too much on that, which started the tear from his game plan. But also when Fury realized, oh shit, like the ref could potentially stop it, right. that you know and I will you lose. You, yeah. you noticed there was a huge difference right there. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he put the pedal to the metal at that point. Yep. So um I thought I thought again, I thought it was exactly how I anticipated Fury to get a TKO. But um I could see it going that way. You know who was at the fights last night was uh um shit. Help me. Uh, wedding crash. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Oh. Vince Vaughn was at the fights last night, and someone kind of made a joke like, oh, Vince Vaughn's there because he's going to study Tyson Fury because he's going to pay Tyson Fury in a movie. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. He's so much older than him. But I did think, I was like, the Tyson Fury movie would be a really good fucking movie. Mm-hmm. You talk about a guy who had the, you know, ascended the to the level. He had the world. Right. He ascended to the level of the heavyweight champion, dethroned one of the greatest heavyweights statistically of Ever. all time in Vladimir Klitschko, and then went on a three-plus-year binge of drugs, alcohol, mental Depression. illness, uh, gained over four, he was over, he was over 400, 400 pounds. pounds. I, I, you know, I mean, he's, yeah, he's six foot nine, but that's huge. You know what I'm saying? So, and then to come back and lose it, and, you know, he really never lost it, but to uh, be in the position that he's in right now, it is a fantastic story. Mm-hmm. Now, Vince Vaughn, just because he's six five, and, you know, but he's like almost 50 years old, if not 50, he's not the right guy to do it. But I did think it was a pretty interesting thing. Mm-hmm. So, the long story short is this. Otto Wallen, we, we look forward to seeing what happens with you down the road. I think you are going to be a really good heavyweight. You're not top tier yet, and but you really had a great showing for yourself. Tyson Fury probably thought he was going to walk through him. He, he beat he, him. I'll say he did say he wanted the war like that, though. But he did take some significant damage, uh-huh. so it's going to be a pretty long time before that's all the way healed up before he can continue again. Like but, uh, around February. Maybe February, yes. We'll see if Mr. Uh, Bomb Squad, Bronze Bomber, Deontay Wilder uh, can put that fight, that rematch together. So that's enough about the boxing well, beat. Uh, ne- I'll say before we get onto that, too. One thing people always forget about Fury is Fury is typically not a stopper. He always usually just outpoints his opponents. Yeah, he's not a big he's so, not a big one shot guy. Of, a lot of people that are like, oh, we didn't stop him. Go back and look at his record. He doesn't normally do that. He That's absolutely true. Yeah. So um and Wallen's I, tough as nails. I think I think he gets prepared for February. I, I hope I hope Deontay Wilder does get past uh, Ortiz in is it November, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. I, I hope he gets past him and I hope I hope boxing, and obviously, like I said, I don't think the only thing that worried me last night about Fury was that cut. I think the cut could have stopped it, and if they found out it was from a punch, that means he would have lost. Um, I hope boxing realizes now to get their fucking shit together, stop booking these dumbass fights, and book the fights that matter. Speaking of boxing getting their shit together, there is a great fight upcoming this Saturday, which we will not be on the air for uh, to talk about. So just really quickly, uh, this Saturday, Alfredo Angulo versus Peter Kid Chocolate Quillen, who is somebody who has been just at the top of the top of the top of the heap for many years to come. And Alfredo Angulo is a fucking good fighter. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch some boxing this coming Saturday, check out on uh, on Fox Sports 1, Alfredo Angulo, 
versus Peter Kid Chocolate Quillen. I believe they're fighting at I believe they're fighting at 160. I believe they're fighting at middleweight. So that'll be a great one. And also, like I uh, alluded to last week, uh, Lion Fights, the domestic, the only domestic Muay Thai promotion, is also having a card this Saturday. Um, I went over some of the fights last week. The Peacock Kid, who has the one arm, is absolutely the most uh, intriguing one that I want to see. I want to see if he uh-huh. can, you know, he had a beautiful leg kick, head kick knockout last time around. I want to see if he can do that again. Lion Fights, God knows I'm such a fanboy for you. I love you guys so much. I'm definitely going to be watching uh, Lion Fights on Saturday. So Saturday, CBS Sportsnet, uh, Lion Fights, Fox Sports 1, Kid Chocolate versus Alfredo Angulo. That is your boxing and Muay Thai minute for this upcoming weekend. Now, also this Saturday, and I think we're going to finish up with this, the UFC Mexico, Yair Rodriguez, El Pantera, I believe is his nickname, against uh, Little Heathen Stevens. Respect. Walk. What What do you you say? say? (laughs) Really glad. See, I knew you were going to catch that because if you didn't, I would have just pushed all this off the fucking table. (laughs) Cleared the table. Yep. Like, all right, we're done, boys. (laughs) That's one of my top three favorite bands. And that's the song that I've come out to for, I think, 14 of my 21 fights or 15 of my 21 fights. So, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Tight. (laughs) Get after it. You go ahead, man. You take the the reins on this. This, this, um, oh. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, so we're not going to go over all of this. Um, there, there are, honestly, the way that this card is set up, there are good names all across the card. So, like, they're not, like, top-heavy, bottom-heavy, but but there's a decent amount of uh, fights that are pretty well-known. So, like, uh, uh, the Rhino just went to the, the potty real quick. So I'm just going to I'm gonna go through the entire card real quick, and then we're going to break down some fights. So the, uh, starting at the very beginning of the prelims, you got Claudio Paulez versus Marcos Mariano. Um, next one, this is one of the ones that we'll probably talk about is Sajara Eubanks versus Besh Cohea. Um, Vincent or Vincius Castro versus the Bayer Jew. Uh, Paul, correct. I fucking love that. I love that nickname. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm a huge and glorious bastards fan, but it's a pretty dope nickname. Um, have a flyweight bout next with, uh, Sergio Pettis. Shout out to, you know, Rufus Sports for all they do. Love that gym out there against, um, Alex Perez. I I feel like they fought before for some reason. Why do I feel like that? I'm gonna look that up real quick. Um, I don't think they have, but that's actually gonna be a really good fight right there. Um, the next fight after that is going to be Ariane uh, Carnilosi versus Angela Hill, uh, and then you got Marco Polo Reyes versus Kyle Nelson, Carlos uh, Houchin versus Jose Quinones. I'm sorry if I'm butchering these names. Mouth is pretty dry right now. The monster. Uh, Martin Bravo versus Steven Peterson. Irene Aldana versus Marianne Renewal. Brandon Moreno versus Asker Askarov. That's a okay. Okay. Uh Carla Esparza versus Alexa Grasso. And then you got Lil Heathen Steven versus El Pantera. So this card, honestly, like they they threw names in there. I was just telling the listeners. It, like they're not all top heavy. Like they have <laughs> random names in the prelims that you're like, Oh shit, that name's in the prelims. And then they did a good job spreading out the, the, the names. Yeah, for sure. I, I love Brandon Moreno, by the way. Yeah. It, dude, he had one, he got cut, won the LFA flyweight <laughs> title, and then they fucking signed him back. Cause they realized that he should not be on that promotion. Right. He's, he, he's too good. Yeah. Dude, that kid, that kid is scrappy. He's funny. He's always smiling. He's young. He's exuberant. He's everything I like in a young fighter. You know, what's a really interesting matchup. As I was just saying this, the second prelim is Sajara Eubanks and Betch Cohea. Oh my gosh. Two, two people I'm not fans of at all. It's going to be a good fight though. So let's see what happens. I bet Sajara just takes her down and just mounts her and pounds her out. I'll be honest and with then, you. And uh, then my, the, the best nickname in all of UFC is on this card. I'm not going to tell you. Well, 
It starts with a B. Starts with a, the nickname starts with starts with a B or the person's name starts with a B. The person's name starts with a P. Nickname starts with technically his nickname starts with the. I don't know. The Bayer Jew. Oh, fucking Paul Craig. Yeah, he's yeah. on this card. <laughs> Paul Craig from Scotland. The Bayer Jew. The Bayer Jew. <laughs> so he's writing a uh, Vincius Castro. I love Paul Craig too. I don't though. know the Castro guy at all. Oh yes, I do. I saw. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Castro lose. Yeah. So um, I I I want Paul Craig to win this. Um. Not because his name is the Bear Jew, but because his name is the Bear Jew. We are huge. <laughs> we are huge fans of Inglorious Bastard, so that's the yep. tie-in. Yeah, because this was a. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, he lost to Alonzo Menafield because he got fucking murdered yeah, by yeah, Alonzo. Yeah, um, so yeah, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm excited for this fight. Uh, hopefully, Paul Craig. I I'll say second round TKO. Um, and even though you don't like flyweights, this is a really interesting flyweight matchup in Alex Perez versus Sergio Pettis. I love Sergio Pettis, Team Rufus Sport. I, I love that. I just wish he was a 35-er. I, he flips back and forth. Um, it'd be interesting because Alex Perez has speed behind him. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that fight's going to pan out. Um, I've noticed Sergio Pettis does really well against people that isn't under the limelight, if that makes sense. It, yeah, it, he's it, better on the undercard, absolutely. Like It seems like when he has that fight that matters, it, it just underperforms. Um, I have I have Sergio winning this by decision, though. I think it'll be a decision. Uh, your girl Angela Hill's fighting. My girl, Angela Hill? Yep. No, sir. That is not not my girl. We'll skip that one. She yeah. made fun of Paige Van Zandt, and it was really funny. Remember when Paige Van Zandt did the Reebok yep. sexy commercial? Angela Hill went way too hard on her. Like, dude, she was just a kid trying to make some fucking money and sell some merch, and you went way too hard on her. I like the way she fights, and I like her, her Sagat. Yeah. You know, she does the Sagat thing. At the mm-hmm. way, like, that's cool. But, she, again, I thought it was really mean-spirited the way she went at yeah. Paige um, that one time. So, this, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and skip all the way through uh, to Brandon Moreno, like you said. Even though he has a flyweight, he, he is very explosive. He, um... Marion Renault. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like her. I was Irene Aldana. Yeah, I don't know the Aldana kid very well, but I know Marion Renault. She's actually another person. She's the only female fighter that's older than I am, I think. Um, she's also a teacher. And she is, uh, she's a tough fighter, dude. She's had some ups and downs in the UFC. Are you looking up how old she is? The Belizean bruiser. Yeah, she's had some ups and downs in the UFC, but I really like her. She 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 comes to fight. 41. Yeah, so yeah, so she's older than me. So I'm down with her. Marion Renault, I'm going to pick you by unanimous decision, Marion. Nice, I respect that. For sure. I respect you. <laughs> well, forgot about that dang time, man. <laughs> it took a year, mm-hmm. but it's finally there. Word. Yeah. Anyways, um... <laughs> So we'll go ahead. So Brandon Moreno versus uh, Askar Askarov. Moreno by third round, uh, rear naked choke. Let me see this real quick. Damn, no, right, no, Damn don't we got a record? All right, that's awesome. Dope, I guess. Speaking of record, did you see that one of the guys for Golden Boy Promotions who was supposed to fight on Saturday was arrested at weigh-ins because yeah, he had an outstanding he, warrant? Because, uh, yeah, he was supposed to fight Ryan Garcia. <laughs> Ryan, Sparrow, I believe, is his name. Yeah. Because uh, Ryan Garcia is supposed to be like the second coming of Jesus. Yeah, he's really good. He's really fucking fast. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, but uh, yeah, the guy got arrested like right after yeah, the way. Yeah, because he, like, he had like uh, gun smuggling charges or something. You know, Sandy Warren, they've been looking for him for a while. But yeah, they, they got him right there, which did, was insane. Did, I never heard of such a thing. Did you see that thing about uh, they did that with, uh, I guess, the UFC paid off like the warrants and all that for uh, Jeremy Stevens when he had him out? I remember. I remember it was, that was child support or something like that, if yep. I recall correctly. But yeah, but he did get stuck in jail in one of the one of the mm-hmm. states that they were in at one point, yep. and Dana got him out. I do definitely remember that. Yeah, that guy brought him. I thought that was and, pretty And funny. he pissed, Ariel pissed Dana off. 
off. I remember there was a, some questioning about that, and Dana just did not Dana, like Ariel. Dana just doesn't one. like him anyways. Well, that's true, but this was like more fuel to the yeah. fire. Uh, so. Yeah, so I have Brandon Moreno, third round. Um, then you have Carla Esparza versus Alexa Grasso. Alexa Grasso's going to light up Carla. I'm sorry, Cookie Monster. Yeah. I love your personality, but your fight style, particularly against Grasso, is not going to work. Yeah. yeah. Grasso's going to beat your ass, I think. Yeah, I think Grasso wins. And then the main event, um, really, really interesting main event. Uh, actually, because Jeremy Stevens is one of those fighters where you, you seem like he's one. I don't want to say one dimensional, but you're scared because he has for a 45 er huge power. The dude fucking cracks. Yeah. And I mean, like he he puts like, I mean, look what he did to Josh Emmett. He broke his fucking orbital in like 14 places. Um, I, however, think you burped. Thanks. Um, excuse me. <laughs> uh, I think Yair Rodriguez um, stays at distance. I think he uses his dynamic explosive power. Which he sure shit has. I think he gets a TKO against Jeremy Stevens late in, late in the fight. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Yair Rodriguez. I'm going to say a little bit earlier. I'm going to go f- I'm gonna go second round stoppage on the feet for Yair. Nice. I have like, I'll say like third or fourth round. But yeah, so that's our picks for uh, La Mexico. And then next La week, Mexico. next week when we come back, obviously we'll have... Um, Dude, mother... Ooh, What's I wrong? Almost, I almost dropped the mic. Oh, we don't want that. We don't want any technical problems around here. Oh, my God. But, we, don't, uh, we don't make enough loot to start just breaking hundreds of dollars worth of cam- or cameras. Uh, microphones what I was trying to get to. Same thing. Same, same with different, right? Same, same with different. So, yeah, that's pretty much... Uh, that's uh, Those are our picks for uh, the upcoming cards for not only um, the UFC, but we kind of broke down uh, last night's Vancouver. Yep. We are looking forward to... Uh, Lion fights next week. We're looking forward to UFC um, Mexico. Mexico fight night. Uh, we had just the best interview with Serena to Jesus today. Which, Serena Southpaw, which we're going to put on right yep. before I believe this yep. show, and then I'll, they'll uh, lead I'll, into that. I'll, I'll intertwine them so. You, you guys will know. You guys will know. Okay. We're going to put it all on Twitter. Um, definitely want to do a couple quick shout outs. I want to shout out to our girl, Ashley, the MMA nerd, holding down the West Coast. Um, there's a new guy. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say new. He's new to us, new to me. The The Fighting With Myself podcast was really good. I checked that out the other day, and I was talking with him on Twitter a little bit. Uh, so shout out to you guys. Uh, Shane, my name, as always. I am Shannon, though. And again, Serena Southpaw, we couldn't have had a better guest. You were just so awesome. I can't wait to talk to you after your first Invicta fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're we're just we're so impressed with your story, and we were just lucky, man. Yeah. Just lucky to have her on. You we know what really I mean? We really were. But we we're excited to have you on. We're excited to have you back too. Yeah. Um. Hell, like I said, maybe after your first Invicta fight, because we're both broke bitches over here. Um, For sure. After the first one, we might get uh, wrestle up some money. We might come see you in person. Support. Hey, our that's girl. in Oklahoma. That's a far away. So we're gonna have to start saving now. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. So actually, we, we, so, yeah. we, we might come support. CS 101 will come support. You. <laughs> that's right. Oh. Absolutely. So you got two more fans than us for good. So, uh, so yeah, so we're going to get this stuff out. We'll get it out to you on Twitter tonight. So we will yeah. have this out. Uh, and on that note, cheer. cheer.